Welcome to the ETAP Podcast, a service of the American Association of State Highway and Transportation Officials. Each month, we'll provide information and insight into environmental issues important to state transportation officials. Thanks once again for joining us on the Ashto ETAP Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Wagenblast. One of many transportation impacts of COVID-19 has been the temporary end of the traditional public meeting to provide information and gather feedback on projects. To protect everyone's health, most of these gatherings have become virtual. Arizona DOT has been a leader on this front with several innovative efforts. Joining us on the podcast is Steve Olmsted, Senior Program Manager for ADOT. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Bernie, for having me. Steve, before we talk about some of the innovative efforts that ADOT has made, tell us a bit about public involvement and its role in the planning process, such as NEPA requirements, if you would, please. Well, we're fortunate at ADOT. We really have a great working relationship between environmental planning, community relations, and communications inside ADOT. Those relationships are also extended to our partners, you know, our tribes, our resource agencies, and, and all these factors really drive the success overall. The main front of success really is threefold, and it balances the requirements for the agency's public involvement plan, requirements under NEPA, especially for us as a NEPA assignment state, where we have more direct responsibility, and then the best practices that we've evolved over the years. COVID-19 has put public involvement under a spotlight. Obviously, things have gone to a virtual way that we've been doing stakeholder outreach around the country. Arizona DOT recently held a public hearing about the future of the I-40 US-93 interchange. Tell us, if you would, a bit more about that event and some of the technology that you used for it. We did hold a public hearing on the future of I-40 and the US-93 interchange. Very briefly, the location is in the northwest of the state. The need goes back over a decade to improve traffic flow at the junction of Interstate 40 and US 93. The main problem was at peak levels, over a thousand vehicles an hour were attempting to switch between the two highways. This particular event needed to communicate two things, that the agency was going to be able to address the traffic flow problems, but also measurably improve traffic conditions on the adjacent surface streets in town. So what we decided to do was hold what we refer to as a virtual call-in public hearing. As public safety and health kind of continues to be a top priority, we really had to think hard on, on how to engage the public. So the public hearing was conducted by phone only. The meeting presented information on the environmental assessment and the preferred alternative. Callers were able to verbally submit comments through the call-in public hearing process, and as is needed in a hearing environment, a panel of study team members and a court reporter were transcribing all the verbal comments made during the public hearing. When you had that virtual meeting uh, for this important interchange, tell me about the response from the public. Did they embrace it? Was it something that you saw a lot of participation from the public with, or how might that compare with a more traditional in-person type of public meeting? That's a great question, and, and that was one of the output measures that our communications and public involvement process was most interested in learning how well that went. So we had 70 people call in and listen and provide input on the project. There were others that we're assuming were listening in addition to the call-in 
option, the meeting was simultaneously broadcast on three local radio stations. That was pretty novel for us, and credit goes to our community relations and communications folks for coming up with that. So to date, we've had not quite 100 people provide comments about the proposed interchange. So the attendance and public comment numbers rival those of traditional in-person public hearings, at least as far as those that are outside our urban areas. Hopefully, we'll be getting back to normal life at some point in the near future. But I would imagine there have been some things that you've learned from this virtual process that might hold over to when we do return to in-person meetings. Tell us about some of the things that you think might be used and what you have learned from this process. Yes, this was just a fantastic experience, as it turned out. We were fortunate. So we feel this approach improves our public involvement toolbox, not just for meetings and hearings as it relates to the agency goals, but also our NEPA requirements. The success of this is extending back into meetings. So we have tasked our service providers with starting to look at virtual options throughout a series of meetings that we have upcoming. I'll differentiate two items as we really conducted a virtual call-in and I think this may be beneficial to crystallize. We posted the recorded presentation on the project website following that virtual call-in hearing. The other options that we're really looking at, which we're kind of referring to as a full virtual engagement, is where we're looking at developing internet and smartphone platforms for that public participation. So those are a couple of outstanding items that, from a toolbox standpoint, have really created a lot of opportunity. We learned some lessons. One of the things that I thought that was interesting, going back to the I-40 US-93 interchange meeting, was you mentioned about there were several local radio stations that were involved with broadcasting the meeting. And of course, the community affairs people were instrumental in getting those folks involved. What did you find from that? Because I've not heard of uh, any DOTs doing one of these public meetings on the radio and people being able to listen, obviously, from anywhere, not even having to have an internet connection. I should back up a little bit in how that came about. And really, on the front end of considering virtual options, we knew we needed some standard work, some sort of baseline methodology to consider what and when having these types of meetings was appropriate. So we developed a bit of a screening tool and we tasked our communications folks in the Northwest area with working through that screening process to really validate whether this was a good candidate or not. So the relationship between the ADOT staff and the constituents and community leaders in that area, including you know, city council, county board of supervisors, area chamber of commerce and such, were really, really big proponents of this project. So there was a lot of positive efforts going forward. And we really fully expected their cooperation and helping get the word out. Through that process, that relationship building, these additional ideas like the radio station, like the internet, submission of comments because the city 
itself had been using such a process for their own government operations for quite a few years. So there were some things that really aligned, but the radio station option was very novel and all credit goes to the project team. One of the things you talked about, Steve, with this is prepping the people that are involved and also the call screening process. Tell us a bit about what's involved with that and some of the things that you found from that, if you would, please. Our experience at ADA was really positive, as we've been talking about. The baseline engagement items that we wanted to make sure we addressed, including you know, what calls were appropriate during the process, what comments and participation might be better served in other formats during the public involvement comment period. But I will mention one thing, and this goes back to kind of a lessons learned, the importance of the project team that will be doing the presenting and the time commitment to prepping for the presentation. Because remember, either in a call-in situation or internet or smartphone, virtual participation, communicating, engineering, technical and environmental activities and information can be complex. So I would like to mention the importance of the project team prepping and rehearsing for that presentation. Now, one of the things about AASHTO, obviously, is it brings together state DOTs from around the country to share ideas. Using this forum of the podcast, what ideas might you share with other state DOTs about things that you've learned with holding virtual public meetings and that they might want to uh, take into consideration as they look at doing something similar in their state? There's some clear considerations and a couple that come to mind. I would really recommend that whatever agency was looking to undertake such an effort, you really discuss internally your workforce capacity and the desire to fully invest in the success of this type of approach. Because for the most part, the processes aren't commonly in place to do this. There are some leaders, state leaders in this area of, of doing virtual outreach, but for the most part, you really have to look internally at yourself and see whether you can pull this off. Some basics. Do you have, if it's a virtual call-in option that you're looking at, do you have quality telephone town hall vendors in your area? What is your approach is to address uh, language, organization of a hearing panel, and the court reporter needs at the hearing level? At the meeting level, you're, you don't have such a high threshold. And another one that kind of comes to mind, you know, determine what detailed project level questions will be answered, if any, by the study team during the call-in public hearing. You have to do some time management there. So you kind of have to decide a threshold of what project level questions could be addressed via the meeting or really have a better place being submitted during the formal public comment period through some other options. Just looking at the technology itself, were there any glitches that you experienced perhaps early on that you found out how to go around for future meetings or things that, that where the technology perhaps didn't behave exactly as you planned or hoped it would? I can give you a very common sense example, internet access. As part of the screening tool in looking at whether this particular meeting and any subsequent meeting or hearing uh, was a good candidate, it's as any topic across the United States runs into, what is the high-speed internet capability? 
in this particular area, it was inconsistent. So that really drove where the call-in process was the option of choice. So very common sense one was internet connectivity. And two was the vendor experience. The DOT may not be familiar with how those types of processes get funded, incorporated, how much they cost, and what the lead time is for that. Our own experience was we were surprised and relatively pleased with the capability of the vendors that were available, as though many of the concerns that we had going in or questions that we had going in were somewhat of a non-issue. The service providers and the capability and the technology are, are out there. It was really for the public entity, in this case, Arizona DOT, to be able to move its own thinking and way of doing things to take advantage of the technologies. Again, hopefully we get to a point where we will be able to go back to in-person meetings. But do you see a point where some of this online engagement will replace in-person meetings at least part of the time? Or do you think virtual public involvement is going to continue to be something that's complementary to the offline engagement? At ADOT in particular, and this is historically speaking, we feel there's been a growing need to increase outreach products and increase technology use overall. I mean, that's kind of common sense. And then they've started to reach into the public engagement realm. This was never more evident as at the federal highways level and their Everyday Counts initiative for virtual public involvement. Delineating between meetings and hearings and outreach is, is really a, an agency process that everyone's going to have to go through on their own. Uh, we envision being in direct contact with the public as that becomes possible again will still be our strongest approach to public outreach, but we're very convinced that the virtual option really enhances the participation options for us. Did you find that, uh, I'm not sure how much FHWA or the local MPO may have been involved with these hearings. Do you find that they had to be convinced of it, or was it something that they embraced as you presented this idea to them? ADOT has a really good working relationship with the Federal Highways Arizona Division Office, and the discussions were had on these meetings. It was coincidental that Federal Highways Arizona Division Office was also conducting a project outreach effort of their own in the state at the same time that ADOT was also pursuing the Kingman option. So we had some discussions and, and I think at the end of the day, the biggest driver was the importance to get to the public in Arizona. And I think we were all positive on whatever means that needed to take. There was just a greater benefit in continuing to engage the public. So we worked really well in, in Arizona and didn't really have any issues, but we did coordinate with each other on what the plans were and what the idea was, and we'll continue to do so. Well, we've been talking on this episode of the Ashto ETAP podcast with Steve Olmsted. He's the Senior Program Manager for ADOT. Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I appreciate the opportunity, and ADOT, thanks everyone for listening into the virtual hearing experience.